I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. It's time for the pop culture connoisseurs, a gal and a gay podcast with Kitty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. And Mick. He's the gay of my dreams. And they have this book, this burn book, where they write mean things about all the girls in our grade. What does it say about Mick? You're not in it. Those bitches. All right, welcome to this kind of special episode of uh, A Gal and a Gay. We are the Pop Culture Connoisseurs. This is episode 184. I am Mick. And I'm Kitty. Thanks for joining us on our special quarantine episode, I guess. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, the thing is, we have been practicing social distancing in our I know. podcast. Well, most of my life I've been practicing social distancing, <laughs> so this is fine for me. <laughs> well, for the last year, you've been in Texas. I've been right. still in Kansas City. Exactly. and. Uh, yeah. So again, we've been practicing this for a while, even though we were together uh, just a few days ago. We were. We can was, we yeah. can confirm that we are coronavirus negative. Yes. As of now, uh, I hope and so. we have been I mean, right, and we have <laughs> been quarantined. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so this is kind of a special episode because uh, we are sort of doing this live. We will probably have a couple uh, people joining us, listeners to our podcast who will join us and kind of talk about what they're watching. Uh, we also have a special guest who will be joining us and actually just on time, Adam Roberts uh, has just, uh, I just chimed in. So we'll wait for him. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what he's doing at Screenland Armor in North Kansas City. Uh, everyone's kind of making a lot of changes to business, right. how we just kind of interact all together. And, uh, and, uh, and Screenland is one of them. It's actually our favorite theater. Yes. And, um, I think one of the best in Kansas City area. Um, you know, and I think I think a lot of locally owned and independent theaters are going to have to change what they're doing or do do what they can differently to keep those people going. And so it's it's a real shame that this is happening. But yeah, you know. Adam, are you there? I am here. Hi. There he is. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Great. I love everyone's just hanging out in their pajamas. I hope. <laughs> oh, for sure. I have a shirt that says "Yawn" on it. Can't see it but. <laughs> nice. And I couldn't find my uh, Screenland shirt because I wore it on day one of the quarantine on uh, on Sunday. So I didn't want to put it back on, but I know that I'll probably have it on in the next couple of days because it's so. Then one of those shirts, Adam, you guys did a great job because they're super soft and comfortable. They're impossibly soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, we were obviously just talking a little bit about Screenland. We've mentioned you guys several times on the podcast uh, from Panic Fest to all the different things and events that you guys have done. Uh, what you had, uh, um, all I can think of is Jay and Silent Bob. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. There we yeah. go. You uh, had Kevin Smith there just last year, right? Was it last year? Yeah. Um, just a few months ago in November. Yeah. Which seems like so, so long, long ago. ago. <laughs> <A> lifetime. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so let's talk about, Adam, how important have these events been to your business? I mean, uh, really like being a, a small independent theater and one of the only remaining in the Kansas City, Missouri uh, metro area. I mean, our whole business is really, 
you know, it is movies, but it's how do we make all those films and events um, more unique and I guess more of an event, not just like going to see, you know, The Shining. It's it's going to see The Shining when we're going to have, a, you know, a Mitch Bryan, UMKC professor and screenwriter, come and talk about the film and, you know, its its importance and, and dive a little bit deeper into maybe the mythology of the film or having Kevin Smith here with, you know, his new film, Jane Silent Bob Reboot, or have, you know, a movie scored live or a film discussion after it, or, you know, like, or, you know, some of the more silly things we do, like before the Spider-Man film doing like, uh, you know, who could shoot a spider web the furthest for prizes, you know, and, or <laughs> trivia and things like that. So it's really turning everything into an event. Um, and that's, you know, or, you know, doing non-movie things, you know, where we're showing, um, once a month we do a program called Forever Bogus that's uh, all curated by a group called Forever Bogus. And they basically put together, you know, a nostalgic 90s series, whether it be like uh, cartoons from the, you know, Nickelodeon in the 90s or like game shows from the 90s. And it's, you know, it includes like old commercials and stuff, but it's just like a unique event and a unique perspective on like community gathering in a cinema to really like enjoy or, uh, you know, dive a little bit deeper into something maybe that a normal theater wouldn't do. You know, we're not just the cattle call of, of a big box chain that charges you know, enormous amounts of money for your taking more for your food and drink. You know, we really are about the experience and providing a unique perspective on what we're programming and how we're programming it and really putting ourselves into uh, the theater and what we're showing. And, uh, and that's kind of always been our thing. It's not, you know, it is all about the movies, but it's, uh, it's, you know, showing our further love and support and kind of, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit more about it, you know, and let's really relish the experience and not shove 30 minutes of commercials down your throat before the movie starts. And, you know, really keeping the experience sacred is important to us. Well, and it's also, Adam, I feel the community that you guys have built over the years that now mm -hmm. it's sort of changed and, and you're finding new ways to kind of keep that community together and, and possibly grow it even more, right? Yeah, I mean, com communities are a great word. That's something we like to use pretty often um, because I do feel like I know so many of our regulars and I see so many of the same faces and, and people really commenting and supporting and really getting involved in the conversation of cinema. And, you know, it, it, we're kind of living in, a, in a, maybe a dangerous time for, for filmmakers and for people putting out their art because there's so much being put out day to day, week to week that I think we, you know, we really are enjoying and, and just really, I guess, like digging our toes and hands into what people are creating so much as we're just binging through it and moving as fast as we can. People walk out of, you know, movies in the theater the same as they're, you know, walking out of or you know, turning them off their house where they're just, what's next? Okay, that was great. Or that sucked. What's next? And, or, and they, they're very quick to give, give their review and not really like let us simmer. There's so many movies that I, and even shows that I see that I, throughout my whole life that I feel one way at walking out of it or during it. And then the more it simmers, the more it really like, I, I think about what they were saying or what they wanted me to feel during that film. And it changes my perspective. Or sometimes it's the second view that totally and radically changes my opinion on something. And, you know, right now in cinema, like we're dealing with people that think that their homes are as good of an experience as it is in the theater. And it truly is not. Um, I think people are lying to themselves if they don't think that the movie theater experience is, is important, you know, like going there and actually 
sitting by you know, around strangers and you know hearing them laugh and cry and react to whatever's on screen is such an important part of what, of the aesthetic of films um, that you know me sitting in my house watching something and being able to pause it and maybe finish it tomorrow or forget about it and never finish it or be texting through it or playing a video game or you know cleaning the house I don't know but I feel like people do all sorts of things while they're watching movies at home and it's changing the way I think people react and think about films and that to me that's a kind of a dangerous and scary thing for filmmakers who are spending you know years of their life putting in themselves into their artwork um, to have somebody just pause it or never finish it or throw it away and not think about it again not really um, associate themselves with what they're with the film they're watching and that, you know, that goes for tv too you know 15 years ago 16 years ago we had jj abrams put made the show lost and and week to week it was one of the first shows in modern television era where we were just on edge and talking and the community was vibrant there was form after form message boards and people just constantly talking what is happening in this show and uh and that is gone now because now there is no week to week you know that's very few and far between even for the big big people who who you know, made their whole livelihoods ongoing week to week. Now it's just go online. You can watch three episodes tonight. And, 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 you know, HBO is one of the only ones really that's keeping that tradition alive and fewer shows are being put out that are, are really about the discovery of the character and discovery of the plot and really like stoking the fire with the audience and, and exciting you when Game of Thrones ended you know, that was a big one. Like people, that was a week to week thing that I looked forward to. A lot of people did. There was chatter, like what is happening in the show? And it was, you know, really well made and well written. And, uh, you know, maybe the ending wasn't for everybody, but it was still like a conversation piece every week. People thought mm -hmm. and discussed and, and, you know, theorized what was going to happen in the show. And that just doesn't really happen anymore. Now that show ended, there's, you know, there's a few others, but the cultural impact of just films and yeah. series is so so different and, and people are so quick to judge now that, you know, box office can be killed before a movie even gets released, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure if you heard, but, you know, we're all in this proposed quarantine where just about every theater across the country is closed. And, uh, you know, the studios, these big studios are looking for ways to continue making their profits. And for a number of years, uh, there's been policy set in place between the studios and the movie theaters. Um, and as a the exhibitor, it's, it's called ironically called NATO. It's the uh, North American theater owners and they pr help protect theater owners um, from the studios doing things like they're going to start doing this weekend, which Universal's putting three brand new releases on video in demand. And, and that sounds cool and exciting. People are at home. They're like, wow, I can watch this movie that just came out in theaters and pay $20 to, you know, Universal. And that's great. I can see this up from the, you know, my couch, my beautiful home theater system and watch it and probably pause it and forget about it or, you know, half watch it. And then I can fully judge it after. But what that, what that's doing is setting an incredibly dangerous precedent for us theater owners that for so long was sacred. So right now it's a 90 day theatrical window that all exhibitors are following. So when a movie comes out, it can't be on VOD for 90 days. It protects the, the theatrical experience and only in theaters for 90 days can you see these films. Um, and now, you know, two weeks ago, Invisible Man came out and now it's going to be on VOD this week. Mm -hmm. So it was The Hunt, which came out last week and Emma, which came out last week in a wider re release. 
And then next week, uh, in a few weeks, we have Trolls World Tour, which will be going day and date with theaters. We don't even know if theaters will be open. So that one will ex- essentially be skipping VOD, but that is a, a major film. It's the only major release. You know, there was only a few after James Bond moved in April, but that was one of three main releases in April. That's a film that exhibitors needed, like, to sustain themselves. Do you think, I mean, I've heard some people say this might be something that uh, studios adopt going forward. I mean, I just, I just can't see them sticking with something like this in like long term, right? Like this, because they make so much money with that theatrical experience, especially big movies. So, I mean, you know, you think it's just a temporary thing because of the quarantine or is this something they're going to explore further? So that, that's where we, there's a lot of unknowns. So there's a, already a number of things happening behind the scenes. Um, the administration has removed uh, basically the policy called block booking, which uh, has been illegal since 1930-something, um, for almost 100 years, basically. And what this said was that, you know, in the early days of the movies, uh, studios like Paramount, and this comes from the Paramount Decrees, if you want to get crazy and you want to start looking stuff up about this, Basically, Paramount owned a lot of theaters around the country. And what they would do to other theaters is they would say, okay, you want to show this title, which is our main title. So in this instance, I'll use modern titles. So it'd be Disney saying, you want to show Avengers. We know it's the biggest movie of the year. But for you to show that, you also have to show all these potential duds of movies. And even Disney has duds, and they know what they're going to be. But to get that big one, you have to show these other ones, or we're not going to give them to you. So basically, you're signing up to show these products. So for every big one you get, you have to show the duds. And for a small theater like us, we simply can't do that. So we rely on a quick turnaround, two to three weeks per film to even be able to sustain. And if they're forcing us to take smaller titles, like for example, Universal really wanted us to take the film Cats. We could not take Cats. We knew it was gonna be a financial bomb. It was not for our audience, regardless of if it was or not. But, we and we took, a, I think we took a Uncut Gems, which did very well for us and is exactly our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been penalized for not taking cats for tell, tell invisible man for two months. We weren't able to get a universal title. We weren't able to get 1912. We weren't able to get, uh, even a dud like, uh, uh, oh, the Rob Down Jr. Film, uh, Doolittle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so we weren't able to get their titles because they were upset that we didn't do something for them. Now they will never officially say that, but that is mm-hmm. exactly what happened. And that's uh, available to happen for the first time in a hundred years. So, you know, uh, 10 years ago when we were still in the, well, I guess we're looking at like 15, 20 years now, when the boom of the video stores were happening, uh, there was still about six months was a theatrical window at that point. So for six months, it could be in theatrical distribution. And, and oftentimes you would see a, a big chain run it for four months. And then after four months for about 45 to 60 days, you would have dollar theaters running it or discount movie houses. Mm-hmm. Discount movie houses don't really exist because that theater, the actual window is 90 days now. So why would I even pay two or three or $4 when I could just buy it from my house or maybe it's on streaming already. So mm-hmm. that, you know, by going so quickly within a 14 day window right now, maybe I'm, they're going to say it's because of this quarantine, but it is something that they've actively, actively been talking about and seeking. And if that happens, especially for our smaller people, you know, I'm not really sure how much more creative we can get when the average person is brainwashing themselves and they're thinking that their home theater experience is the same when it's not. And you have people like AMC, the largest uh, exhibitor in the world, they have their own VOD platform. So if you have their AMC app, you could rent movies on amc.com now. So all the small theater chains, you know, even, even somebody like Alamo Drafthouse, they're not, we're not going to be able to compete. We don't have the 
technology to put our own VOD streaming services available. So this weekend on, on AMC's apps, you can rent a movie that would be on AMC theaters. So they're already well protected and prepared mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of unfairly so I would say, but um, you know, they're doing all these things that even their, you know, movie pass uh, their program that they have is something that we can't really do or compete with. And, you know, that's, very scary thing for a lot of theaters, um, especially when those big chains. And as an exhibitor, I, I see this because I know projection and what they're doing. Like they truly don't care about what they're projecting and the quality of their projection. They may spend you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on seats, but a lot of those seats are already falling apart because they didn't buy the best ones. They didn't buy quality seats. I, you know, you can go to the flagship AMC theater in Kansas city, which is the town center theater. And in their main IMAX auditorium seats are falling apart. They, I mean, they simply do not care about the theatrical experience. It's all about bodies and number of bodies they can get into a theater. And if they can't get them in a theater, they're hoping to get them at home now. And, and you know, we'll see. You know, I'm very anti, like, th this shrinking the window even further. And, you know, we'll see what happens. All the studios are closed and all the theaters are closed. So it's kind of a wait and see thing. But there's so much content that's out there already that we're all paying for that's exclusive to your home, the you know, your home theaters the Netflix, the HBOs, things like that. That's what people should be watching. There's plenty of content out there that you don't need to be spending 20 plus dollars paying for something that's in a movie theater that you can get for eight, you know, six to $10 in my theater. Um, so I don't, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to change, but movies to us are still sacred. And, and, you know, I, I will always watch a movie in a theater if I can versus watching it at home. And, uh, and a classic in a theater is always going to be better. It's just because it's so hard. And so just our lives are so distracting that, being forced to not look at our phones for two hours, right? is a great experience, actually. It slaps you on the hand. And you should be shamed if you do it. You know, you should step out of the theater just like you go to the bathroom. You don't just go to the bathroom in the theater. You, you, you don't pull your phone out in the theater. You can step out and do check catch up on your phone for a minute and then go back in. But it's a sacred experience, and it's been that way my entire life. And it's, you know, the reason I do what I do and the reason we don't, you know, want to change that experience. Right. No, that is interesting because over the years, I always thought of, you know, movies are an escape. Uh, you're going into a different world. But now, you know, the last few years, it is the escape from that digital hold our devices have on us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that I, I, we need. And hopefully, once this is all over with, people will mm -hmm. understand that I, you know, people are definitely going to want to get out of the house. Right. <laughs> want to get out of where they're at and to be able to experience that again, that movie going experience that is just, I mean, it, it's magical. Right. Yeah. It, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. You know, the, the, there's the big, big chains that AMC, you know, has been as big as the box office has seemingly been growing, their overhead's been growing as well. And, you know, they were already not in a great position of, I believe two weeks ago they announced their fourth quarter call, call and it wasn't great. It was very negative and they were talking about liquidating assets then, you know, now we have this complete shutdown and what that means for them. You know, there's still a service industry. You know, we also own Tapcade, which is a full service restaurant and bar. And, you know, we, both of our, our venues, you know, we're, we are, you know, being shut down for a couple of weeks is a pretty, pretty easy death ring for us. Like it's, it's super, it's incredibly difficult because we, we are relying on people day and day coming in and weekend businesses where it spikes and event programming, bringing people in. We don't have significant reserves of funds. So I, I certainly hope that, that people wanted 
want to still go out to the theaters. I certainly hope we're there. You know, right now we're doing kind of interesting things. Um, today we launched our uh, Patreon, uh, and on that Patreon is going to be a number of movie related things um, to kind of give people who love movies and love our theater uh, an experience they won't get elsewhere. So, you know, things like podcasts or live videos or group movie watch parties, we're going to have uh, people doing like educational series, uh, both on like aspects of filmmaking and aspects of the history of film. Um, and, uh, and just kind of all sorts of different kind of content we can create blog posts. We're going to be working with uh, local chefs doing like dinner and movie plans. So if you're at home, you can make this recipe and watch this movie curated by this uh, local chef. And uh, so we're trying to do like different kind of fun things to stay relevant um, and, and generate a little bit of revenue. But the key there is a little bit of revenue, you know, um, it, it's very expensive to run a movie theater. Um, mm-hmm. There's a reason there's not a lot of independent theaters anymore. Uh, you know, it's us and the fine arts are the only two fine arts are, and they were already struggling, you know, due to construction around their facilities. Um, but it's just us two, you know, they got the KCK locked down and we have the Kansas City, Missouri side. And, and then the rest are just these big conglomerates. Um, and, you know, they do have a lot more lending power. And if there were to be a bailout for movies, it wouldn't be for the screenlands of the world. It would be for the AMCs of the world. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure, you know, we're doing things that, Obviously, like I mentioned before, they have a VOD service now and they can generate some revenue. I don't know how much that's going to actually generate because it's also going to be on Google Play and you know Apple and all things like that. Much more well-known programs. But AMC is going to be pushing the hell out of that VOD platform for the foreseeable future. Um, and you know, all we can do is make a podcast because there's no other way for us to do revenue. You know, there's a lot of copyright issues, so we can't just be streaming movies of our own. So watch parties we'll be hosting will be there in the public domain or independent films that we're given, or um, we'll be hosting them, you know, kind of in an organic sense where we say at this time on this service, if you have it at your house, we're going to be watching it. And afterwards, we're going to start like a chat room or service and have some kind of discussion, uh, group discussion after to try to keep that alive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting it's it's a, it's an interesting time over here. Yeah. Well, I joined. I joined the uh, the ten dollar month. Well, I will uh, be joining Patreon. too. <laughs> are there um, are there other ways people can support you too uh, outside of the Patreon? Yeah. So we set up uh, the ability to buy gift cards and and to just straight up donate online if you'd like. Um, we've had a good amount of people do it so far. Um, you know, to kind of put it in perspective, uh, um, the you know, our overhead is about $30,000 a month. Um, and yeah. right now our income is zero. So um, it's a lot to take in. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're, we're still waiting to hear back from a number of creditors and, uh, on what they're going to do for you know, all these massive loans because they, they know that we're not open, right? They know they're all like majority of more movie equipment related. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, every, every little bit of helps, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a wild times. It's the wild west here right now for for us. Which you know, even when um, things open, you know, if 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 you know, let's say, in, we're told uh, things can open in three or four more days. You know, both as a restaurant and especially as a movie theater, we're an event event based uh, business where we have to pre plan everything. You know, if if I'm told on Friday I can reopen, I'm I'm going to be scrambling to find content that's available. You know the studios all have to put movies out. And so right now for the, until, until black widow comes out on May 1st, there's not a theatrical release on the, on the schedule right now. That's the next, next, next release. Um, and I would imagine once we, if this goes on through April or May, you know, some cities are 
doing these self-imposed quarantines until middle of May. So if that happens, you know, there probably won't be a major release until June. And then that's when studios, because they're also, you know, they have overhead. They're going to start looking at ways to put things on VOD. You know, none of them want to, you know, no, no one's spending a hundred million dollars to hopefully make a hundred million back on VOD, right? That's not what anybody's business is. However, a lot of these have services like Disney plus now, you know, Disney can do that if they wanted to. Disney probably could put the function in there to, rent the video on Disney plus separate from anything else and have it be exclusive to that. So they could start circumventing theaters altogether. And that's, you know, probably a very drastic maneuver, but they, they certainly could. Um, it, it's, it's a, un, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, on the restaurant side of things, if, you know, we're told on Friday, we can reopen, there's just going to be a massive run at the, you know, whoever you order through, whether it's Cisco or if you buy at the restaurant depot, there's going to be a massive run. And I don't think there'll be enough supply for everybody to reopen. So, I mean, it's going to have to be a gradual process um, of, of reopening all these businesses because, you know, we, we gave all of our, our fresh food away to our employees because our employees need to eat. And, you know, all of a sudden they all have no jobs. So we, we did what we could yesterday and spent you know hours just divvying up food, making sure all of our employees had food for, you know, seven to 10 days. Cause that's all we had available. Um, and, and then we shut everything down. So we have, you know, we have no food until the foreseeable future. We, we have no, uh, you know, stocks or movies on the schedule because we don't know, like, you know, in Kansas city, it's a 15 day quarantine, which seems kind of ridiculous when everyone else is doing four to eight weeks. I don't anticipate it being 15 days. And again, even in 15 days, if I open, if I'm opening a movie theater when there's no movies available, what am I doing? I can show all the, you know, we were, we were trying to figure out what we could do to fill four screens. And that was very difficult. You know, I was scrambling and you can only put so many classics on, on the screen and classics cost money. You know, there's a minimum guarantee with the pay to show a classic. And if I'm showing 30 classics a month, it's costing me more than it would probably close <laughs> because I'm risking, you know, ten, yeah, normally I'm not risking that much money a month on showing products. So it's, it's, it's a weird time because like I said, I, when we're told to open, it'll probably be a few weeks after that when we can actually be making a real mm. amount of income. Mm. This is like the worst disaster movie that we are stuck in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very slow and boring. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and then you kind of have to wonder like the future with Hollywood and the movies are going to start to produce. I would feel like they need to stay away from the disaster movies. I mean, everyone is living this. I don't want to live this again on the screen for some time. Right. Well, you know, we've seen the disappearance of the comedy in the last five years and uh, I'm hoping that changes because it's, you know, we, we've, I feel like it's been a grim five years and, you know, we, <laughs> If you look in the 90s and the early 2000s, there was comedies were big. I mean, you look at movies like The Hangover making a half a billion dollars, like, like, you know, it costs $30 million to make. And every so often you get like a movie like Game Night, which is a surprise hit and it's very good. And then there's not a comedy on the schedule for six months. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping that the, the products change. You know, certainly budgets are going to be reevaluated once they look, you know, that probably be less of these 100 to 200 million dollar movies. Oh, and hopefully there's more of the 10 to $30 million movies that are a little bit easier for studios to take risks on, you know, the risk reward is much higher. Like uh, the invisible man costs $7 million to make and has already done over a hundred million dollars. Uh, that was a great movie. And, uh, and it had, you know, it took a lot of risks and wasn't the remake anybody expected. I certainly, if you had asked me two years ago and you told me the invisible man is going to come out, it's going to be great and make a lot of money. 
I would say you are high because that movie, you know, the original one is kind of a joke of the Universal Monster. You know, right. It's it's one of the sillier ones, and then now it's uh, it's you know doing quite well. So hopefully people look at movies differently, and yeah, we don't get all these pandemic you know fear based home movies. You know, we 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 have a ton of them. You know, the zombie zombie thing, you know, kind of ran its course after, you know, a couple of years ago when we have a great catalog of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, it, we, you know, we were asking like people, what do they want to see? Like when we thought we were still going to be open and we were kind of do programming and a number of people were saying they want to see these movies like Outbreak and Contagion and, you know, and it's like, I would, I, you know, they're good movies, but that's fine. Like two weeks ago to, to show. Now we're all like, no, I don't want to watch that. We're I would that. not watch Contagion right now. I yeah. saw it once and it scared the shit out of me. So. It's, I mean, that movie, I just rewatched it actually a couple of days ago because I've been thinking about it and it is so accurate to what, what is happening right now. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I have no idea what it's going to look like and it won't be till probably June or July, I'm guessing until, and, and I don't know, all these movies are postponed. So I don't know. And they've postponed indefinitely. So Mm-hmm. A Quiet Place was supposed to be out this week, and uh, you know, I've actually seen it, so it'll be weird when it comes out and to see how you know. I'll probably have to watch it again because I'm going to forget about it, <laughs> but uh, uh, or forget what happens in it. But there's no release date on the schedule. You know, they they don't know when it's going to come out because they don't know when they're going to be able to put a major release out worldwide, and um, and that's that's crazy. You know, they had already spent their almost an entire marketing budget on that film. You know, so they spent a hundred some million dollars and they don't know when they're going to get it back. Um, and hopefully that doesn't push them to go on demand. And that's, that's everyone's concern right now is we don't have any answers and the studios at some point will need to answer to the, you know, their board of directors and pay the bills and, uh, and finance the next movies that are being made. You know, the worst thing that can happen is kind of happening right now. Almost all the productions that I'm aware of are, are closed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, you close for a week. That's one thing you close for six months and you're not seeing new movies, or at least not new big movies, for probably 18 months. Yeah. Gosh. It's, a, it's just amazing the trickle-down effect that this is having in, within just a week that this has been really a serious thing. And it's, it's you know, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's going to be an excess of popcorn for sure. <laughs> I already miss I already miss your movie popcorn. I love it. Mm. Me too. <laughs> I know, maybe, I, maybe I do some uh, some to go popcorns and find like giant resealable bags or something. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, we've talked about some things because you know we do have a lot of people that do just come in and eat a sandwich or, or a pizza. You know, I don't think that'll be our main business, but maybe we'll open like once or twice a week and do something like that. But in the meantime, we're just doing this Patreon thing and trying to build as much, uh, you know, trying to become almost in a way like an entertainment, uh, rev, you know, website or something. Um, but we have a unique perspective that we are in the business and we're not just talking about the business. So we're going to try to incorporate as many you know, filmmakers, other theater owners, even people from studios as we can and get perspectives and kind of open up uh, an area that maybe not a lot of people know about because the movie business is kind of wild and weird and not just the making of it, but it's just the, you know, how movies get shown and like the entire process of things, you know, is very, very, very interesting and, and intricate uh, and oftentimes political, um, mm-hmm. you know, business. And so we're, we'll try to shine some light on some of that, but we're, we want, we also want it to be really fun. We're going to try to do as many of these screenings and we're going to host like movie trivia that people can compete and we'll have, you know, gift cards and things like that that can win in the, you know, 17 months from now when, whenever we are open again. Um, but, 
Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to try to do what we can. You know, we talked about doing like our own, like be kind rewind style of short films and reimaginings with our staff. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. We're going to be, like I said, I guess the advantage we have is that I'm, I was already a creative person and that's what, what I do often. But, you know, a lot, a lot of these theaters around the country, around the area aren't, aren't, and they don't have the base we have. So, right. and again, their bills are still coming in. They're the same as ours. So, I, you know, it'll, certainly it's going to be majorly impacted just like the restaurant and bar industry. There's a lot of people who won't qualify or won't want to take on the loans and they won't want to uh, wait forever. And uh, you know, I, I don't know when the next time I'll ever be paid is. So um, you know, that's a terrifying thing, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, unlike some of my employees that maybe they can get other jobs in different fields, you know, I'm still technically running two businesses that aren't making money. So um, I have to do things like this to be creative and um, yeah. we'll see. Well, we will keep supporting you however we can. Uh, again, we've, we've already posted on our, our Facebook page. Uh, we've shared it. Um, again, I've signed up for Patreon. I've texted friends who I know support you, have been supported you in person and uh, we'll, we'll do whatever we can. Um, right. It's a scary time. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys talking. Feel free to have me on. I have uh, a lot of time for the foreseeable future. <laughs> All right. We'll probably have you on again for sure. Um, All right. A lot of time, so. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Adam. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Well, again, we have posted uh, the information on our Facebook page on how you can get involved. Uh, take a look at the uh, the Patreon levels that Screenland has posted. There's a $5 a month uh, level and then a $10 a month level. Uh, again, I mean, this is one way to support local businesses. Yeah. If you are in Kansas City, please support them. Even if you're not, I don't even live in Kansas City anymore, but I'm going to join their Patreon um, just because I really, when I lived there, this is one of the best theaters in Kansas City. It was always a joy to go there. Um, so I'm really hoping that they survive this um, because Adam and everybody there is always so nice. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Please. And again, like you mentioned, you know, it's that movie going experience that mm -hmm. I think that I know that's one of the reasons I fell in love with movies. It wasn't mm -hmm. because we were renting movies on VHS when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was because I went to the theater and I fell right. in love with movies, regardless if it was the my favorite movie or whatever. It was just being immersed and and being able to take it all in. And, you know, that's the that's the one thing that, you know, we miss when we're watching it uh, at home. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's one reason how it, it kind of evolved over the last few decades for me, uh, just because it's like, oh my gosh, I can go in the movie, I can turn my phone off and I can just focus on, on, t uh, on the cinematic experience. Right. And I think that's something we're all really, really going to need uh, once this is over with. Right. I agree completely. I agree. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then just, it's just interesting to hear his take on everything you know, and hearing how, how this industry works and it's just, man. Um, yeah. So just yeah. support your local theater, your local businesses as much as you can during this hard time. Cause there's a lot of people who are really going yeah. through a rough time. So. Yeah.
All right. In our next episode, um, we will we will go over some of the TV shows and movies mm-hmm. that some of our listeners uh, yes, are. So many of us to. are working from home and we're quarantined. We got a lot of time to binge watch, um, and so we'll talk about just some stuff which you might um, have an opportunity to watch that we recommend. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, again, guys, uh, please comment, like us on Facebook or whatever, um, podcast platform you listen to us on, because we really, really appreciate it. We all need to really support each other and stick together in this very, very scary time. Yes. And you can find us Facebook, Twitter, a gal and a gay. Um, and we have a website, a gal, gal and a gay podcast.com. So please uh, reach out to us and we'll see you next time. All right. Keep listening. Bye.